Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the very first episode. We are your host. I'm Davey. I'm John, and this is Overland Weekly, the best in Overland for the past week. Absolutely. You know, John, since we're starting our own show and we're talking about the best, I think it's only appropriate <laughs> if our top story this week uh, has a couple of guys that, that look kind of familiar. Yeah. Oh, look. That's us at Franklin right State there. Forest. Check that out. Wow, look, that's Leroy. Leroy's my truck. I do name my vehicles. And uh, there's all the homies. I think we had 22 trucks come out this past week, Franklin State Forest. Yep, 22. It was cold, it was wet, and it was muddy. Um, I think this was the best sell for mud trains I've ever seen. Uh, if you weren't aired down and on mud trains, it was a bad time. The hill at the very end of the trail only let three vehicles go up and drive. And uh, just to give you an idea. You're on your rock rail. This is a triple locked 80 on 35 mud trains. Cut right. I mean, they are patties. Back up. Yeah. And then this one, this is a nice, pretty 200 that got wrapped up. There's some steel cable going between the transmission towers on this power line trail. And uh, somehow one got wrapped around the front axle and the back axle. So they decided to cut it so that there wasn't any vehicle damage. And um, this is why you keep your foot on the line as it's being cut instead of taking it off. Uh our friend Ethan at Nespro Forex is lucky that the jacket is the only thing that uh, got cut. That's not good. But thankfully, nobody got hurt. Truck was recovered safely, and uh, we were on our way. It was a good time. And a good reminder why you always put the angle grinder in the truck. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, the Milwaukee one that sat on my bench all day is going to be sitting in my truck next time we come out here. Because if Mark had not showed up with uh, that little handsaw, uh, that would have been a long day. Yeah, yeah. I didn't put my eyes on it, so I didn't get to see the whole situation. But from what I heard and from this video, it was not good. Um, it was literally like wrapped around the axles. So not much to do in that situation besides wait for a saw. Well, you know, like you said, it was uh, it was cold and muddy. Uh, at Franklin State Forest, but it was also uh, cold and muddy that same weekend at the uh, Cold Creek Winter Summit uh, from the Dixieland Cruisers puts on. And here's some footage from OTM Cruisers of the gang rolling up uh, from Alabama. And wow. uh, and let me tell you, these guys, they roll deep. Like every event up there, uh, Alabama shows up. And you talk about hundreds, 80s, 70s, uh, everything i think this is the most hundreds i've seen in a row on the highway ever that's amazing yeah and they're all really clean yeah. build, builds i mean not that you have to have a built truck to go to winrock but they've got some trucks notice the right hand drive as we're getting the little mirror shot there amazing yeah so you can see the snow on the ground and it was just uh it was slick. I saw a lot of videos from up there, and uh, this kind of captures it. Golly. I mean, it's beautiful, but uh, you're going to be under your truck with a pressure washer for a good couple <laughs> hours. 
as as I think we were. <laughs> yeah, so this right here, let me pause this. So this is a 40. This is Trail 22, uh, for those familiar with Windrock. Uh, trail 22, for the past couple of years, has been a, a pretty tame trail. They graded it out a few years ago. And uh, it's a fun trail, but it's, it's normally not too uh, technical. Uh, but apparently it was just slicker than snot, and they took this uh, this night run, and this 40 just caught a rut and, and plopped over there. Uh, but, man, it's as they bring this thing back over, this is a nice, smooth, controlled recovery. Wow. Looks like they got a snatch block on a tree. Get you a little bit more torque, change the angle. Not torque, pull. Get you a little more pull, change the angle. Absolutely. Yeah. So word is they, they put some more oil in her and, uh, and he continued on and, and drove the rest of the night. So that's how you do it. Yep. Um, speaking of cold, you know, where it gets real cold, uh, is, is up North in, uh, up in New York. Oh my. Yeah. So this is footage from uh, the Gambler 500 event uh, in uh, in New York. You see the old Chevy. Now wait for it here. This footage is from their Facebook uh, group page. Oh, look at that thing! <laughs> wow. That really goes to show that it. It's not always the vehicle. It's how much you care about the vehicle, <laughs> whether or not you get through a trail. That's amazing. <laughs> and check this out. So one of the principles of the Gambler, I pulled up their uh, page. It says, we allow people to use the term Gambler as long as it's free and participants embrace the ideals of stewardship while having cheap fun outdoors. And on their Wikipedia, they say that they um, – they just want cheap and practical or fun vehicles to run through the country, picking up trash and removing abandoned vehicles and boats. I don't. I didn't see a boat there, but I didn't I see any boats. But, that has to be somewhere. We, look at this: seventy-five tires and four couches. That's a lot of trail trash. That's insane. I mean, you got to imagine the number of vehicles that had to go through to pick up that much trash. But it's incredible because that much trash is off the trails. Yeah. Yeah. Well done, guys. Nice job. That's awesome. One day. One day. Speaking of one day, how about this today? Uh, Commonwealth 4x4. So this is uh, a new shop out of Lexington uh, owned by our buddy Clayton Harvey. And this is a solid axle swapped, obviously, 100 series. I believe it's sitting on 80 series axles, three link front and rear. And I'm telling you what, John, if you want to open a shop and you want to get people's attention, this is how you do it. With Alexis, I like it. Absolutely. You got to get those AHC parts that you can resell. <laughs> you, you might know something about that. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Man, you can really see just how much work was put into it. I see some axle gusseting. Looks like the shock mounts are completely custom in the rear and the front because he had to convert to coil. That's incredible. Yeah. 
Yeah, really sharp build. And this is the turnout at, I believe, their first meet and greet uh, for uh, Commonwealth 4 by 4 And, man, they just had everybody there. We've, we've got to make it up to one of these. Looks like a great time. Wow. A lot of really nice, really clean builds. Great diverse turnout, too. It's not just Jeeps, not just Toyotas. That's awesome. Good times. All right. Well, that brings us to our Hello, everyone, and welcome to a tech tip. Today, we're going to talk about something that we all deal with, and that is tires for our vehicle. Um, tires are typically listed in a couple of different ways. One of those might be something to the extent of uh, 31, 1050, or by 10.5, and an R16 is kind of a common size, or used to be very common, maybe in the older days, uh, bigger wheels nowadays. But this was very easy for everyone to understand. So it was a 31-inch diameter tire, 10.5-inch wide tread, 16-inch wheel. R stood for radial. Although some tires are still listed um, in inches, the much more common way of seeing tires listed is something following the metric system. So for instance, it might be something like a 245 slash 75 R16. This was another very common tire size, maybe not as common now. Uh, many vehicles in the 90s and early 2000s, that was probably a stock tire size for most small SUVs and uh, full-size trucks. So what do these numbers mean? Um, really not hard. Today we're going to go through and decode it so that everyone can understand and can utilize this when they're shopping for tires and trying to convert maybe from one tire size to another and it gets confusing at the tire store and they're rattling off numbers and you get all confused. Beforehand you can look at this and do a little simple math and understand it. So. Again, we're following the metric system. It's very easy to understand. Base 10, used in the rest of the world. So, what does this mean exactly? Well, as we mentioned, 16 still is the wheel diameter. We know that. 16 inch wheels. R, that simply means radial tire. Basically, any tire you're buying today is going to be a radial tire unless you're into some uh, very heavy truck tires or trailer tires or something. So in the older days, pre-roughly 1970 or so, um, late 60s, they started to come out with radial tires. You heard people talk about bi-spli tires, uh, or directional diagonal tires, I should say, uh, which is, has to do with how the rubber is actually laid in the tire. But radial is much more modern than how you'll see on about anything. What are these two numbers? 245. 245 is the section width or tread width of the tire. So this is the width of the tire in millimeters. 75 is what we call the aspect ratio. Two hundred and forty five millimeters. To a lot of people, oh it's metric, what's that mean? It's not hard, we're gonna do some simple math, it's easy to convert. So we have two hundred and forty five millimeters and if you remember anything from high school math or um, maybe some chemistry class or something, you have for every one inch, we have 
25.4 millimeters. We do a unit conversion. We can do that math and 245 divided by 25.4. Uh, I can't do that math in my head. I think it's something like 9.6 inches. All right, I double checked it. It's actually 9.65 inches. Pretty close. So that means that the tread width of our tire is 9.65 inches in this example. So how do we get to how tall the tire is? Well, if you've got a wheel and then you have your tire, right? The wheel we've already established its diameter here. That's the 16 inch. But you have two parts to the sidewall to get the total diameter, right? So you get sidewall section, wheel, sidewall section. So using our aspect ratio of 0.75, we can take the 9.65 times 75% or 0.75. And that's going to give us 7.23 inches, or basically seven and a quarter inches, right? So that's this one section, plus the other section, you double those together, so seven and a quarter times two, plus our 16 inch wheel in the middle here, is gonna give us a total height of about 30 and a half inches. So this 245-75-16 equates to a 30 and a half inch wide tire, or excuse me, 30 and a half inch tall tire at 9.7 inches wide, basically. It's pretty easy to understand. As this number goes up, it affects both the width of the tire as well as the height of the tire. Directly one-to-one -one the width, but the overall height will be affected by the aspect ratio and a factor of two for the sidewall here. It's pretty easy to understand. One easy thing to remember is 25.4, that's the unit conversion. 25 if you don't want to be super accurate. So for every 25 you go up in width here, it's about one inch wider tire. So lots of times people get confused by, oh, it goes from a 245 to a 265. What's that really mean? It's, it's 10 bigger or 20 bigger or whatever. So in that case, it's, you know, every Every 10 millimeters is basically 3 eighths of an inch. So you can remember that rule of thumb too. But that's today's tech tip. All right. Well, thank you, Andrew. That's uh, always a, a good reminder on, uh, on tire size. And uh, uh, he's right. I mean, sometimes, I mean, uh, the old way was pretty easy, you know, it, but uh, you have to think about it with the aspect ratio. Mm-hmm. That brings us to John. You uh, you want to introduce us uh, this week's readers round? Absolutely. So for this week, we have my good buddy Anthony Canadian Eco Sport on Instagram. He's up in one part of Canada. I don't know. U.S. is. <laughs> yeah, we're. Uh... We were just plugging that metric system on the <laughs> tires, and here we are. Oh, and I'm all for the metric system. Port Echo Sport. 
Hello and welcome to my 2019 Ford EcoSport. I apologize for not filming outside. It's snowing pretty bad, so in the garage it is. Uh, we don't have a lot of time, so we'll go over this pretty quick. In terms of uh, modifications to the vehicle, we're running oversized tires, 11%. Nokian Outpost ATs in the front. I've got a leveling kit. Raises the vehicle by about an inch and a half in the back. I have helper bags in the rear springs for those who don't know what that is. It's essentially inflatable bladders that go into the coils. And then on the bumper of the vehicle, I have a Schrader valve that actually lets me inflate them. This is mostly for when I'm carrying heavy things in the back. I add a little bit of pressure and it keeps the ride height nice and happy. And of course, because it is independent rear suspension, it also keeps my tires wearing evenly. So very important. In the front, I've got a worn 8,000 pound winch with a synthetic line. This guy was quite a bit of work to do. <clears throat> Bumper had to come off, the crash bar was reinforced, and then a custom mount was made for the winch, which is bolted on the reinforced uh, crash bar with eight large bolts. Can't remember what size they are, but this guy's going nowhere, and I've used it multiple times. It works awesome. On the top of the vehicle, we've got the Rhino Rack Universal platform. Up there, you'll find, you know, in the summertime, a mix of uh, kayaks, canoes, uh, awnings, whatever I can put on there, I usually do, and it works awesome. On this side of the vehicle, I've got what I need for inflation, which is my Milwaukee air compressor. Works really nice, nice and quiet too. Might not be that quiet on the phone, but I promise it's quiet in real life. This uh, black bag, which you may or may not be able to see in the middle, is all my recovery gear. So that's going to include um, my uh, kinetic rope, uh, tree saver, uh, soft shackles, all that business. On here, I've got my Milwaukee battery storage. I usually don't go through a full battery uh, in even a couple of days of wheeling, but you never know. It's nice to have. Back here, some more Milwaukee business. Uh, I already took the bungee net off just to save a bit of time. But essentially down here, I've got all my cooking gear, my camping stools, and then this blanket goes on top, and then that net closes over it. Kind of keeps everything tight and nice and quiet. In here is my Milwaukee uh, ration socket set. It's a lifesaver. Haven't really had to use it out in the trails, um, but you know when I do have to, I'll be happy to have it. In here is all my inflation stuff. Let's see if I can do this one-handed. So, well, this is deflation. And then in there is inflation. Nice system. You know, Milwaukee Packout in general. Everything stays nice and quiet, even on a bumpy trail. And over here, I have the Milwaukee drawer system. I know this sounds like a running ad for Milwaukee. It's just I'm also a tradesperson, so it's multifunctional for me. Uh, and so, yeah, we've got, of course, classic Tim Hortons uh, coffee, some coffee mugs, and a first aid kit. This is really just kind of a miscellaneous drawer. It, it did have a very specific purpose before, but now it seems to be less and less specific and just more general. And so, yeah, that's pretty well it. Like uh, I think I mentioned in the beginning of the video that it's a 2019 Ford EcoSport and it's treated me well. About, uh, well, I've got 60,000 miles on it, have had no issues, and it's just a fun little car to boot around with. Of course, it's uh, all wheel drive if I didn't mention that already. And uh, yeah, it's just a fun, fun little truck. Thanks.
super cool. That thing's amazing. I don't yeah. think I've ever seen a build like it. No, I mean, well, yeah, I think I think it is definitely one of one. Yeah, I I really admire the fact that everything is thought out. You know, he's a tradesman, and it it's clear in his work on the truck or the, the SUV, I guess you could say, where he's concerned about tire alignment in the rear with it being IRS, making sure that the ride height is consistent for tire wear, so you don't camber out. How he's accounting for you know the forces that the winch will experience with eight bolts i'm sure they're m8 m10 or bigger than m8 but grade 12 or whatever i mean it is metric up there so who knows what it is but um yeah it's just it's incredible everything has a spot everything has a place everything has a purpose he actually drove down from canada and camped with us at lbl and his setup he he did some of the tougher trails over there and with it being so small i mean it's pretty much a SUV Miata, you can dart around trails, go around obstacles, avoid all the mud holes. It's it's really awesome. Amazing, unique build. Very cool. All right. Well, if you'd like to see your vehicle featured on Overland Weekly's uh, Reader's Rides, all you need to do is head over to overlandweekly.com and you will see the submission form. Submit a short three to four minute video in landscape format and you just might see uh your vehicle featured john i think that about wraps up our our first episode i think this went just about as bad as it could possibly <laughs> have gone hey we'll and, get there uh, someday we'll, we'll get there but hey um guys we need your help so uh we need we need topics we need to to know what is the uh the greatest things happening in uh, in overlanding this week. Who do we need to feature? And to do that, uh, just hit us up on Instagram. Uh, it's uh, it's Overland Weekly, and send us a DM on there. Uh, and uh, any leads, uh, we we greatly appreciate it. We pick the coolest, uh, so send us cool stuff. <laughs> so, I got to figure out how we wrap this thing up now. <laughs> All right, let's just hit this. Let's hit this button again. <laughs>